Everybody ready to get in the Word today? All right, I want you to turn to Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4. And then I always like for you to turn something in the Old Testament as well. And I want you to turn to Micah 5 verse 2. Uh, so Micah 5 and Galatians 4. And today we're, we're finishing up this series. We've been in a Christmas series called the Nativity Scene. Nativity mean, just means your place of birth. Uh, my nativity scene was Bowie, Texas, and uh, can't believe I was a, I hate to admit that, five is here this morning, Bob Ward. I was a Texan for six months, but I'm a boomer sooner by heart, okay? Um, got out of there, got out of the Longhorn State in six months. Um, forgive me if there's anybody here from Texas or you're watching online from Texas, uh, but I'm a, I'm a sooner fan. Uh, but I was born in Bowie, Texas, and here, oh, it was this last year, I think it was, or Jade and I were going to Dallas-Fort Worth area, and it's right off the highway there. You know, I think it's 287, Highway 287 that you go that way. In Bowie, Texas, you got to go right through it. And I told Jade, I was like, I need to go see if my, the place where I was born or the house that we lived in still stands. And, of course, it doesn't. Okay? It's just a looked like an empty lot was there, but we went and tried to find it. And, uh, but that was the place of my birth was Bowie, Texas. Um, aren't you glad to know that? <laughs> Um, but here's the, just a, a book. I try to, something Jada, Jada and I do in our home is we have, Jada has collected um, uh, Christmas books, I should say, Christmas Christian books over the years. And one of them that you probably need to have in your home, I would highly suggest, is called Why the Nativity. This is where um, I've read this book, and it's where I'm getting a lot of the information that I've been teaching on from by David Jeremiah who is one of our, he's a, he is a Baptist pastor in, in California, uh, but he's also um, what I would say one of our modern day scholars as well. And so he's got a book called Why the Nativity, and there's like 25 little short chapters that he has in there, Why the Nativity, and it's very, very good. But most of us know this scripture by heart if you've been in church any length of time, and it's John 3:16. For God so loved the world... That he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. I'm so thankful for that scripture. So thankful for that. I'm so thankful that God sent his son, that he so loved us, that he sent his son Jesus. And it just says that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Now, I'm going to do something I don't think I've ever taught on this before, um, but... Uh, I'm going to answer three questions today, okay? And if you're taking notes, I'll send these notes to you. I'll send you my PowerPoint. But if you're taking notes, I'm going to have scriptures on each one, as I normally do. But I, I narrowed it down to these three questions. Why did Jesus come when he did? I don't know if you've ever thought about that. I mean, why didn't he come now? Why didn't he come during this era when there's, we got emails and faxes and computers and televisions and all that? Why did he, why did he come when he did? And then the second question we're going to answer is, why did Jesus come? And we all, what I just read in John 3.16 is why he came, why the Father sent his Son. But why did Jesus come? We're going to go look at the very words of Jesus, why he said he came. And there's going to be 13 different things that we're going to look at in that. And then number three is, why must Jesus come again? So that's those three uh, things that we're going to talk about today. Is everybody ready to get into this? Everybody ready to learn something today? Okay. Here's number one. Why did Jesus come when he did? 
all right? And this is something that I dug into, and I was like, you know, I'd, I'd like to know that, Lord. I don't think I've ever really got into the Word and really studied this out to find out why did Jesus come when he did. I mean, he filled a lot of prophecies from the Old Testament of when he came. And uh, Galatians 4, verses 4 through 7, this is the Apostle Paul speaking, and this is what he said. He said, but when the set time had fully come. So God had a set time. In Genesis 3.15, after the fall, that's when God spoke and said, I'm sending somebody to take you out, Satan. And he's coming. He's coming. But he didn't come like the very next generation. It was thousands of generations, you know, hundreds of generations later is when he came. But Paul says, but God had a set time when it fully came, that's when he sent his son. And he sent his son, born of a woman, the virgin birth, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. Aren't you glad you've been adopted in the kingdom of God today? Amen. Adopted into his family. Because you are his sons and daughters, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out Abba Father, which just means Daddy, Daddy. So you're no longer a slave, what we sang about today. I had our praise team sing that song. We're no longer a slave but God's child, and since you are his child, God has made you also an heir, an heir. And everybody said, amen. There's a whole, there's a whole mouthful and all of that. But what I want to go back to is where it says, but when the set time had fully come. So I really dug into this, the history of this set time when God said, I want to send my son during this time period. All right. By the way, you've been sent in this time period. Amen. You were sent here, and you're a carrier of Christ, and I'll talk about that here in just a second. But I'm going to give you a little history of why Jesus came at that time, which was 2,000 years ago. The Roman Empire was the answer. Even the, Ro the Roman Empire is what put him on the, the, the crucifixion. That's why the way they crucified criminals. But the Roman Empire, God caused all things to work together for the good. I just love how God does that. But the Roman Empire was the answer. Now listen to this. The Mediterranean world at that time was the cradle of civilization. I'll get that word out in just a second. But was unified. It was unified during this time period. Alexander the Great, most of you remember him from history books, who was a Greek, had been the first to bridge so many nations together. But the Romans built the famous Roman roads. Okay? And it's, you may have heard that phrase growing up, all roads lead to Rome. That was really the case. All roads, all roads did lead to Rome. Ships had come of age during this time period using the Mediterranean Sea as a highway among the nations. And so that was one reason. The Roman Empire was the answer. The second one was the Pax Romana, which just means the Roman peace. And Jesus was born in the same generation in which it began the Roman peacetime period. There wasn't any wars going on at this time. The Romans weren't trying to, they had conquered the known world, they, they thought, at that time. So he came during a time of peace. And the Jews were allowed to preserve their own faith and customs during this time period as long as they paid their taxes to Rome. So that's, that's another part of the equation. That's the second thing. The third thing was language was a key factor. And... Believe it or not, God didn't require everybody to speak Hebrew to learn about Jesus, even though the Old Testament was written in Hebrew, the New Testament was written in Greek. 
the language was a key factor. The number one language at that time was Greek in this known civilization, the Mediterranean culture. And so it allowed Paul, who came along, and others on their missionary journeys to travel to many countries and tell people the good news of the gospel without cumbersome translation. And that's why Jesus came during that time period. Isn't that amazing? So Micah 5.2 says this, But you, O Bethlehem, Ephrathah, are only a small village among all the people of Judah, yet a ruler of Israel, whose origins are in the distant past, will come from you on my behalf. God came in flesh in the form of his son. Amen. And he dwelt among us, God with us. And I love that, whose origins are in the distant past will come from you on my behalf. Bethlehem means house of bread. Jesus is the bread of life. And Ephrathah means uh, fruitfulness. Um, God wants us to bear fruit for his kingdom. Amen. And so that's Micah 5.2. That's one of the prophecies of his, one of the many prophecies of his birth. And it actually tells where it was going to happen at in Bethlehem. And isn't how God orchestrated the events to get him to Bethlehem was because of a tax census that was going on. And they had to go back to where their heritage was. And Joseph was from the lineage of David. Okay, that's number one. Everybody learned something there? Interesting? All right, here's number two. Why did Jesus come? Why did Jesus come? And I'm going to spend a little bit of time on this one. Um, why did Jesus come? And I'm going to give you several just uh, one scriptures here. But why did Jesus come? In Luke 1, verse 35, when we, we did this message two Sundays ago about Mary, the angel Gabriel said to Mary, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. So that's what, what the angel told Mary. She basically told him, the, the angel told Mary who Jesus' identity would be. He's going to be the Son of God. Everybody say identity. Identity, okay. Here's the second thing. In Matthew 1, we talked about Joseph last sun Sunday. Matthew 1, verse 21, this is what the angel said to Joseph in his dream. He said, you will give birth to a son, and you're to give him the name Jesus. Now, Mary knew his name. The angel told Mary, too, his name would be Jesus. He's telling Joseph as well that his name would be Jesus. Because he will, can you imagine, just stop right there. Can you imagine when Joseph and Mary got back together after he had this dream and she was telling him what the Holy Spirit, and they said, what did he tell you his name was going to be? Jesus. Yeah, the angel told me the same thing. I just want you to get into Mary and Joseph because they're trying to figure out what all is going on here too. Because, and I love what Joseph get, gets from, get this, Mary got his identity, Joseph received his mission. And his mission was this, because he will save his people from their sins. So Mary was told that her child would be the son of God. Joseph was told that this child would save his people from their sins. And so get this, Mary carried his, his identity, and Joseph carried his mission. And guess what? If you're born again today, we carry both. We carry his identity and his mission to the world around us. And so we need to be, we need to be aware of that, that when you... You know, in your families, uh, in your workplaces, you are carriers of Christ. Because Christ wants to be born into those, those areas. A lot of times we think it's when we go to Africa or we go overseas on mission trips like Paul has. And I know there's some in here that has been on mission trips. And we, we think, and it is. I mean, we have to take the gospel to the world. But the other part of taking the gospel to the world is taking it to your home and to your family and to your workplaces and wherever you're at. 
and just be sensitive to the Holy Spirit when he tells you, you need to talk to that person. You need to minister to that person. And everybody said, amen. Okay, so now I'm going to give you, ready for this, there's going to be 13 scriptures that I found that I was going to, I just want to go through the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and I said, okay, I want to see how many times did Jesus say, I have come. Why did he come? And I want you to understand that Jesus knew what his mission was. He knew what his mission was. He, he, the Bible says that he came here. He came here. He was just, and the Bible tells us that we're just pilgrims passing through. So don't make this your home. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, we're here, but we're just pilgrims passing through. And Jesus knew that he was an ambassador, that he was the son of God from heaven, that he was an ambassador here on this earth for a mission. And it was just a short short mission, but he knew why he was here. And I believe wholeheartedly, the Bible says that he knew at the age of 12. That's when a, a Jewish boy became a man was at 12 because the Bible says that he was found in the temple having talks with the scholarly scholars of his day, telling them about the word of God. And he's like, I am the word. I know the word. You know, you're a 12-year-old. You know? No, I know the word. I, this is, it's talking about me. And even he even told his parents at that time, Don't you, can you imagine a 12-year-old telling you, don't you know I'm supposed to be about my father's business? It's like, shut up and get in the cart. You know, shut up. You know, we got to go home. You know, that's why Mary and Joseph went back to get him because he had been lost for several days. And uh, he said, no, I've got to be about my father's business. He knew this at the age of 12. And the reason why I believe that he knew this, yes, he was a Jewish boy. He was raised in church in the synagogue. But I believe his mom and dad spoke this destiny into him every day and telling him, this is what the angel told us about you. This is your identity. You're the son of God. And then Joseph would tell him, son, you've got a mission and you're going to save God's people from their sins. And so what I want to tell us all as parents, we need to be speaking destiny into our children. Okay? Um, telling them what they're going to do in life. You know, speaking, you know, I'm speaking over my grandkids now that they're going to do greater th things than Poppy has ever done in his lifetime. They're going to bring many in the kingdom of God. Speak those things over them. I'll tell Jarek, Jarek, you're a mighty man of God. You know, he'll just, yeah, you know, I am. You know, now when he gets to 12 and he's like, I got to be about my father's business. Now that's going to be another thing, you know. But, but you got to speak that into them so that as they grow older, they're going to know what their identity is and what their mission is. Amen? All right. So here we're going to go through some of these scriptures here of these 13 that I found about I have come, what Jesus said. These are all from Jesus. He said, do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. Because he was the word. He was the word. Jesus was the word of God. Matthew 9, 13. I'm going to go through these kind of quick, but I can send them to you. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice, for I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Matthew 20, verse 28. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. If you'll read the Gospels, the, the, the people that Jesus got into arguments with, debates with, were religious people of his day. And that's why he said, I didn't come to call the righteous. You guys think you're righteous, but you're blind, and I can't get through to you. But I've come to call sinners. And so, Matthew 28, 20, 28. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Mark 1, verse 38. Jesus replied, let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. That is why I have come, to preach and teach the word of God to other people. 
so that they would be set free. Luke 19.10, this pretty much sums it all up. He says, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. He's after the lost. Luke 12, verse 51 says, do you think I came to bring peace on earth? No, I tell you, but division. Wow, probably never seen that one before. You know, we always think that Jesus is here, you know, peace on earth, goodwill towards men. Um, yes, you know, if you're a follower of Christ, you're going to have, you're going to walk in peace. But there's going to be times that you're, you're going to have to make, we're living in a day and hour where we're having to make up our mind who we serve. You're going to serve God or the world. And then when you make up your mind that you're really going to serve God, you're not going to hang around on the fence, division happens. And you're going to start seeing this more and more. And you're, we're already seeing it, but you're going to see it more and more and more, and it's going to trickle down even into families. Jesus even said that. He said, you're going to have to decide who you're going to serve. You're going to serve me or what your family believes. Amen. And so he didn't come just to bring peace on earth. He came, you know, when you decide to follow him, there's going to be division. There's going to, you're, going to have to, you're going to have to choose this day whom you're going to serve. John 5 verse 43 says, I have come in my Father's name, and you do not accept me. But if someone else comes in his own name, you'll accept him. So he said, I came in my Father's name. He knew all this. When he's speaking this, he's between the ages of 30 and 33. And he is speaking this because he knows his identity and he knows his mission. In John 6 verse 38 says, For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but, but, but to do the will of him who sent me. In John 7 29, But I know him because I am from him and he sent me. You're starting to get it? He knows who he is. Just want you to see that. Jesus had no doubt. Don't let people tell you that, oh, Jesus had doubts and he didn't know who he was. No, he didn't. He, he didn't have any doubts. He knew who he was. He knew, he knew who he was from birth. Okay? And he knew what he was doing. He knew why he was here. He knew he was on a mission. And thank God he fulfilled it. That's why we're sitting here today worshiping him and having this Christmas service. John 7, verse 29, but I know him because I am from him and he sent me. John 9, verse 39, Jesus said, for judgment I have come into this world so that the blind will see and those who see will become blind. And boy, did that ever happen. People that knew the word of God were blinded when he came. That shocks me. That's how, my, that's how, that's how this... And, I, and I'm really, I'm just, I'm going to throw a little something in here. When I was studying this, and I was, I was looking at it, I was like, man, God, they knew the word of God, and they were still blinded. Yeah, they didn't know God. They didn't know, they, they didn't have his heart. They couldn't see it in the word of God. Even though they had it memorized, they still couldn't see it. And here's the reason why, guys, is because their pride had deceived them. And... I'm really leaning towards, and I know I've been in the book of Acts, but just trying to flow with the Holy Spirit and what he wants to, me to teach on. But I'm really thinking in January of doing a teaching on avoiding deception of, because we're living in a day where people are being deceived right and left. And the Bible, what, I'm going to tell you what, what puts a holy fear of God in me is the word says, Jesus said, even the very elect will be deceived. And it happened, that, it happened in this day, and it's going to happen again before his second coming. People that think they're saved, but they're not. Because these people thought they were, we're, I'm Abraham's seed. Father Abraham. You know, they were saying that back in, he's like, no. Your pride has deceived you. 
You can't even see me, and I'm standing right before you. John 9, verse 39 is uh, about Jesus bringing that judgment into the world. John 10, 10, I love this one. Most of you know this one. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, talking about the enemy. But Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. John 12, 46, I have come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. You can't stay in darkness when you see the light. John 17, verse 8 says this, For I gave them the words you gave me, and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. And because of that, they were saved. All right? Now, there's twofold, the twofold things that I want to share here of why Jesus came is, first of all, and I hope you get through these, there was 13 of them that I read there. And if you'll go, you're going to find more I have come if you study this out. But some of them repeat themselves because the Gospels, you know, repeat each other a lot. And so there was 13 that I found. You may go and find some more. But there was 13 that I found of why Jesus came. And what I, I'm going to sum it up in, in two things. The first thing is, basically Jesus was saying, I can't, got my father sent me, and I'm on a rescue mission. And I know what my mission is. I know my identity, and I know what my mission is. The second thing is, and I really, this is what he wants us all to get. And I believe this is the bride that he's coming back for. He says, I also came so that we could, so that my children could live in victory over death, hell, and the grave, and over sin, and act like it and be like me in the earth. And so John 10.10, 10, what he was saying was that he wants us to have the abundant life, walking in victory in his name. And he's coming back for a bride without spot or wrinkle. So he's coming back for a bride that's walking in victory. And I want to be a part of that bride. And so that's the two, sum it up. He came on a rescue mission and he also came to give us that abundant life. Because here's the deal. God wants you to, we're all celebrating Christmas. We're celebrating the birth of our Savior and our Lord. And, but he wants you to have fun. He wants you to enjoy life. He wants you to enjoy your marriages. He wants you to enjoy your families. He wants you to enjoy life. And not just, I'm just hanging on until Jesus, you know. He wants us to enjoy life. And yeah, we all have ups and downs. I've had ups and downs. We, we all have those things. But God, we ought to have more ups than downs because we're Christians. Amen? And, and he, he wants us to enjoy life. He wants us to enjoy life. All right, here's number three. Everybody learning something this morning? Okay, here's number three. Why must Jesus come again? All right, we are living, can you imagine being a prophet in the Old Testament or a believer in the Old Testament, and Jesus hadn't even came yet, but you're hearing all the prophecies about someone coming. All right, well, he's came. He's, he came 2,000 years ago, and now you and I are living in this time period where he's already came, but he's coming again. And we're under this, this dispensation of what they call grace. All right, it's, and it's where we have second chances, we have third chances, we have fourth. Thank God for the chances of Christ, Amen. But there's coming a day where there's going to be no more chances, and it's Judgment Day, and there's not there's not going to be. Well, you know, my granddaddy believed. Nope, you got to have your own faith in Jesus. Well, my granddad went to church every Sunday. I don't care what granddad did. What did you do? What did you do with the gospel? And so when Jesus comes again show you this. The first coming of Jesus was a mission of humility and sacrifice. The second coming of Jesus will be a mission of triumph and transformation. It's going to be awesome if you know who you, who you are in Christ. If you know who you are in Jesus and you're on his mission and doing his will, 
you don't have nothing to worry about. And everybody said, amen. But I'm going to share a, a prophecy out of Isaiah chapter 9. Uh, the prophet Isaiah talked about this, about Jesus coming. He says, for, for to us, a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Jesus came the first time as Savior. He's coming back the second time as Lord and King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And, it, and he is, I cannot wait to hear that trumpet sound. We're all going to, if you're, I, I, I'm believing I'm going to be alive and remain and be caught up in the, in the clouds with him. And I'm going to hear that trumpet. If that don't get you chicken skin this morning, that Holy Ghost goosebumps, I don't know what will. So I'm going to give you a couple of things about this, about Jesus is going to come again, his second coming. He will come back to claim his people, which is his bride, so that he can take them home with him forever. And I'm going to read this out of 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 16 through 18. I read this passage almost every uh, memorial service that I do, every funeral that I do, to, to give people hope and comfort and encouragement. Because the Bible, the Apostle Paul said, when you read this, you're going to encourage people, you're going to comfort them, you're going to give them hope. And in verse 16, it says this, 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 16 through 18, it says, For the Lord himself, for the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. I cannot wait for that day, guys. That trumpet's going to be so loud, it's going to blow your ancestors out of the grave if they knew Jesus as their Lord and Savior. How's that going to happen? I don't know. I have no idea. But God is God. He knows how to do it. He created Adam out of dirt. Okay? So he can take a few ashes and some bone fragments and bring Grandma back. Amen? I'm telling you, that, I mean, I don't know, understand how it's all going to happen, but that's how it's going to happen. Because God is God, and he is all-powerful. It's going to be the greatest miracle you're ever going to see in your lifetime, whether you're here or not. It's going to be awesome. Because if you're in heaven, you're going to hear that trumpet too. And you're going to be coming with Jesus. Number two is, he must come again to judge the world. Like what I said, there's coming a judgment day. We're living in grace right now. But there's coming a day where, the, it's just like in the Old Testament, when the, uh, the flood came, there was a day that the, the ark closed. People had their chance to get on the boat. But God said, nobody's getting on, so I'm going to load it up with animals. <laughs> okay? Um, there's coming a day when the arcs, that, that door is going to close. And it's going to be forever closed. You can't get back. You can't. There's no, there won't be no grace, no, no second chance, third chance, fourth chance. You know, it's going to be judgment day. He must come again to judge the world. He will separate the sheep from the goats and wolves and separate the wheat from the tares. Right now, they're all growing together. There's sheep and goats and churches and wolves and churches and there's wheat and tares and churches. And if you read the Gospels, Jesus said they're all going to grow together until harvest time. But at harvest time, angels are going to come, do the separating, 
God's going to do the separating and the sheep and the, the wheat are going to go. Amen? I don't want to be a goat, I don't want to be a wolf, and I don't want to be a terror. And everybody said, Amen. Guys, I'm going to just say this. We're living in a day and hour where there's so much uh, wrong teaching being taught from even pulpits in America and in our world that they're saying that every road leads to heaven. No, it don't. No, it don't. There's only one way to, to, the, to heaven, and it's through the name of Jesus. There's only one way to the Father, and it's through Jesus. And I'm going to read this out of Second Peter 3, verses 6 through 7. It says, But these waters also, the world of that time, was deluged and destroyed. He's talking about the first the, uh, judgment that was in the Old Testament, Noah's flood. We all know about that. Verse 7 says, But by the same word, the present heavens and earth are reserved for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. The second judgment is going to be done by fire, is what the word says. We're living in, aren't you glad we're living in grace right now? Okay. And I don't want to be here for the fire, all right? Okay, verse number three. Uh, Can you, somebody advance me up there because I'm not. Yeah, number three. Um, He will return to establish a new heaven and a new earth. And this is Revelation 21, verse 1, okay? All right, guys, it's not. Okay. Then it says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. Okay, this is in Revelation chapter 21, verse 1. And it's talking about what the Apostle Paul, um, or it's talking about what the Apostle John was seeing, what this, the angel was giving him this vision and everything that was going to transpire in the last days. And, the, and this is talking about the judgment. And then he says, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. So the first earth, or the first heaven and the first earth had passed away by fire and there was no longer any sea. And everybody said... I'm, t- I'm telling you, the word is so rich. If you'll just get into it and just see what's going to happen. In 2 Peter 3, verse 9, says this. And I'm going to close with this scripture today. Because I'm, I've tried to take you through why Jesus came. Um, why did Jesus come when he did? Why Jesus came? And then also, why he must come again? And you might say, well, when is he coming? I don't know. I can't set a date or an hour. The Bible says that no man can do that. Only the Father knows when he's going to send his son back for his bride. But Second Peter 3, 9, and this is as, we, as we're in these last of the last days, I just want everyone to keep your faith, okay? Don't be deceived, amen? And, and stay true to the Lord. And, and don't get in this deal where he's not coming. He's not coming. Yes, he, he is. He's coming. And 2 Peter 3, verse 9 says, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. And I was reading that, and I started laughing. I was like, Lord, sometimes I think you're real slow. But, but he's always right on time. But he, he tests me to my core. Because, like, Lord, I would have done it a long time ago, and I like the drive through kind of faith that just do it. You know, and he's like, Mark, I'm a slow cooker, and I'm doing some stuff deep stuff in you that needs to come out and all this stuff so I just I enjoy this slowness <laughs> and seeing seeing you 
seeing the fire, my fire just burning you, and you're just getting rid of all the junk and, and stuff. And just to know that, son, you're not in control. I'm Lord. You're not. <laughs> have you ever tried to boss God around? I have. Like, God, you know what? If you'd have done that last week, that would have been a lot better, you know, or even last year. And uh, anyway, so I'm just giving you a little side note. Because God's not slow. Look at somebody say, God's not slow. We're just slow to catch on is our problem. Is because he's not slow. It's all in his perfect timing. It says, instead, he is patient with you. Gosh, I'm so glad God is patient with me. Not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Now, here's what I'm going to tell you right now. He is patient right now, but there's coming a day when the patient... The patience is going to be no more. Is what the word says. It's going to be no more. It's over. And so he's patient right now. And so that's why we've got work to do to bring people into the kingdom of God. And everybody said amen. All right. And don't forget this, that even though Mary carried his identity and Joseph carried his mission and they got together and taught their son that, all right, from his very birth, because if you're born again right now, if you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you carry his identity and you carry his mission too because you've been born from above by the Holy Spirit. And so be aware of that. So wherever you're at, at home, in your family or wherever, you're a carrier of Christ. You can lay hands on the sick and they'll be healed. Well, I need to call Pastor Mark. No, you're a believer. The Bible says that believers will do this. Yeah, I'll pray too. But you have the authority to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. You have authority in his name, not in your own authority, in his name to cast out demons if you come across one. Because they're around. You don't have to go looking for them. They'll show up. If you're walking with Jesus, they'll show up. And if you have the authority to cast that thing out. Amen? All right. I want everyone to bow your heads in here this morning. And like I said, God is patient. He's in his patient mode right now. But there is coming a judgment day. But today, the Bible says, is the day of salvation. If you've heard this message and you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, today is the day of salvation. So I want to lead you in a prayer. This prayer is just what the Bible says in Romans chapter 10. It says, those that call upon the name of the Lord believe that he raised from the dead, believe that he was born, was raised from the dead, and... and, uh, and was raised from the dead on the third day, that he died on the cross, that he's forgiven of your sins. It says that whoever believes in that, believes in him, believes in Jesus, shall be saved. And so I just want the honor and the privilege of leading you in this prayer. And it's going to be you that has to pray this and mean it from your heart to receive Jesus into your life, okay? And so I want to lead you in this prayer. And even if you are saved, I want you to repeat this prayer with them. Say, Lord Jesus, I need you in my life. I believe you are the Son of God. And you died on the cross for me and rose again on the third day. Please forgive me of my sins and create a clean heart in me. Renew my spirit so I can hear your voice. I accept you as my Savior. You are my Lord. Thank you for saving me. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. And if that's the first time that you've prayed that prayer, I want to welcome you into the family of God. You're not joining a church. You're coming into God's kingdom, into God's family. And 
we have the honor, and the very next step that you're supposed to do is what Mr. Darren Smallwood's going to do today, is follow the Lord in water baptism. And so with that, I want us to go ahead and dismiss the kids in the back if they'll come out here, because I want our children to witness this, and then we're, we're going to go out. Our praise team is going to go ahead and get in their rightful spots, because we're going to go out with uh, joy to the world today um, after we witness Mr. Darren Smallwood um, fall in the Lord in water baptism. So, Darren, won't you come on up here? Are you ready? You ready? Okay, we can get ready back here. We can get ready back here. He brought his shorts and T-shirt and a towel. Yeah, come on up here, bud. Darren, how old are you now, Darren? 23. Did you know that was the exact same time whenever I got saved when I was nine, but I got away from God, and at the age of 23 is when I got on fire for God. And so there's going to be a fire burning you today, after today. Darren reached out to me this week, and uh, he's been, if you, if you know Darren, he's been coming to church for, what, several months now. It's been maybe more than that. And uh, he works for Clark, right? Yes, and I'm going to tell you something about my brother-in-law, Clark, that a lot of people don't know. Clark is a secret evangelist. <laughs> he does not have a pulpit ministry, but he uses his job as a ministry. And I kid you not, God, God works through Clark and witnessing the guys out in the oil field, and, God's, and Clark sees that as his mission field. And so I know he's been, because Clark was the first one to text me before you, before you did. Clark goes, brother, we got one coming in the kingdom that's going to get baptized this Sunday, and then right after that, here, here comes Darren Smallwood calling. Yeah, isn't that awesome? Yeah. And so that's the church working together. And, you know, and, and I'm telling you, Clark's got an evangelistic anointing on his life, even though he doesn't, have a, he doesn't go around preaching from a pulpit. I'm telling you, he uses his job as his mission field. And so this is why this young man is standing up here, and I don't know why I'm popping up here. Sorry, guys. Uh, but I want to do a little deal here. Well, I do this with every person that gets baptized, a little charge to them, and this is a charge to... Uh, to Darren here this morning. Do you promise, Darren, according to the grace given to you to celebrate Jesus' presence and to further his mission in the world? If so, say, I do. I do. Amen. And this is a charge to all of us because we're all a family, the family of God. Will you support Darren to the body of Christ with prayer, words, and deeds to help him grow in his knowledge and love of God? If so, say, we will. Amen. All right. I want you to stretch forth your hand as an act of faith, and we're going to pray over Darren this morning. Father, I thank you for Darren. God, I thank you for his life, God. Um, Lord, it, there was a scripture that you spoke to me uh, for him as I've been praying for him and for this day, God, that uh, today that he not despise the day of small beginnings. Um, Lord, that you're going to do a great work in his life. It's already, begin it's already started, God. And Lord, I see him being, a, being salt and light to his family and to his friends. God, he's going to bring many people into the kingdom of God just through his life, just through his witness. God, just as Clark has done, I thank you for Clark, uh, that Clark sees his, his, uh, his job, his uh, working in the oil field as his mission field, God. And, and so, Lord, I just thank you for Darren. Thank you for everything that you're doing in his life, what you're doing in his family. I thank you that he's been coming to church here for several months now. And uh, today, he just he told me that he just has fallen in love with you, and he just wants to serve you, and he wants to do what's right and follow you in water baptism. And he wants to fulfill all righteousness and just be obedient to you. 
And so, God, because of that, I just thank you that you're going to set this young man on fire, and that fire is never going to go out. God, he's never going to stray to the right or to the left. He's never going to be deceived. He's going to stay on that straight and narrow path that leads to you. And as he does, there's going to be a vacuum created behind him that's going to bring others into the kingdom of God. And so we just speak life and destiny and purpose over this young man, God. And we just pray your angels about him at all times as he works in the oil field, God. And we just thank you for all that you're doing in Darren's life. And we're here to witness him in following you in water baptism. We're here to rejoice with him. We're also here to rejoice with the angels in heaven. That says that the angels say that they rejoice over one person that repents and follows Jesus. And so, God, we just thank you and praise you for what we're going to witness here today. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. All right, we're going to go up here and get ready. And uh, then we're going to go out with joy to the world, and we're going to baptize Darren first, though. And he, may, he needs to change first. She's ready. Hi, guys. Got the holy hot tub ready, and here comes Mr. Darren. Yeah, just come on and sit. We're going to have you sit. You'll turn around and sit down right there on that little ledge there. Yeah, and scoot up as fast, as far as you can there. Okay, thank you. And then I'm going to baptize. So take this hand and hold your nose, and then this hand right there and grab your wrist. I forgot to take my watch off, so I better do that. All right, Darren, upon your confession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen, brother. Proud of you. Amen. All right, let's all stand up. We're going to go out to joy to the world. Amen. Joy to the world, the Lord is come.
wonders of his love and wonders of his love and wonders and wonders of his love joy to the world the lord is come let earth receive her king If you serve in the children's or the nursery, we have Patricia's got little goodie bags, Christmas goodie bags for you. So be sure and go through the kitchen to get that. And uh, I want to speak a blessing over you. Can I do that? So if you're there with your family, grab hands with them. And I'm going to speak this blessing over you. Now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious unto you. And may the Lord give you his peace. May the Lord bless your going out and your coming in today. May the Lord anoint you to, the, to fulfill the divine destiny that God has given to you. May everything that is brought against you be crushed by the protection that God himself shall provide. May you be blessed in your health. May you be blessed in your relationships. May your children and your children's children be blessed because they are the heritage of the righteous. From this day forward, as you submit yourselves to the Christ of the cross, may your lives be filled with joy that is unspeakable and full of glory and with peace that surpasses all understanding. May your home, as the word of God says, be as the days of heaven on earth. In Jesus' name we pray and ask it. And everybody said, Amen. Hug somebody's neck and say, Merry Christmas. And I am a child of God. You guys have a Merry Christmas. And hope to see you Sunday for Come and Go Christmas Communion.